Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon over there in Hendersonville, Tennessee. 11 years starting guard in the National Football League. All 11 of those for Le'Veon Bell's favorite team. <laughs> Why? Why are you going this route, DKS? This is not what we talked about. <laughs> this is not what we talked about, DK. Oh, man. Uh, oh. It's funny, though. We have to do this. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. And, you know, the, the, the Lev thing made no impact on me. And I know it did on our commenting community yesterday because the easy counter to that is to say, listen, you weren't thinking about Lev two days ago. You weren't thinking about Lev coming back to the Steelers two days ago, were you? Okay, then why are you doing it today? Because he said something, you know? Or you said, DK, stop doing it to yourself? Something like that. I mean, how old is he? I don't even know. Uh, Let's officially start the show while you research that, or I can research that after hitting the bell, DK, and we can officially get into the show. Are, Are you game for that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. Yes. All, yes. all right. For sure. I'm going to ring this bell and we're going to hit the research right. department. Here we go. And here we go with episode. What number is this? I never pay attention to Man, this stuff. I don't even know. 452. Are you serious? Yeah, we blew by 450 and didn't even... We got that many logged? Episode 452. Yeah. And we're almost at 300... Almost at 30,000 subscribers. Turn up. Yeah, the actual figure is... Uh, I can find it over here if you give me a second. It's Come twenty. On, okay, what you got going? Twenty nine thousand three hundred and forty four. That's the number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tw- twenty nine three four four. That's where we are. So we're well, getting there. We're getting well, there. I'm with James. Gonna need a 500 episode party. We got to do something, DK. We, we, at least cyber or something. Got to have a 50 days. Put us where. 48 days put us where, uh, DK, uh, as far as ca- NFL calendar? Past the draft? Yep. No. We're not past the draft in 48 days? Uh, no. Draft is in May. We're, dang. Okay. Okay. Speaking of free agency, we'll know what we got then, though. We at least have that, which may end up being a Le'Veon Bell signing. It might be. I mean, what do you think about that? Did you find his age? I did. He's 31 and will be 32 um, okay, February so, 18th. So what is that in running back years? That's like 68. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, but most people start, they start doing this. Well, they start talking about certain running backs doing this, meaning going down in their career as far as production, amount of hits that you've had on your body, the amount of tread that you have left on your feet, uh, your quickness. Father Time, I promise you, does not wait on anybody when it comes down to how your body deteriorates and, and what your uh, output is as far as your professional uh, professional performance. It does. It, 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 it is undefeated, DK. There's only a certain amount of guys that's capable. Frank Gore. That, Frank that- Gore. Good example. But but you know what Frank Gore did? He he threw that thing in cruise control, DK, and said, "Just watch me." I was me. gonna say, yeah. He he Frank Gore. He didn't have to do all the left, right, and everything else here. Frank Gore was a master at hitting the hole and yeah. keeping everything as simple as humanly possible he at was. that position. And that's not this guy. Okay, right. everything about. Everything about Le'Veon Bell was was Muhammad Ali-like in terms of what he did in the backfield. I don't have to tell you, uh, you know, th- there was a there was a timing to it. There was an elegance to it. I'm not saying that he couldn't have timing and elegance at age. What was it again? 31, 32, but basically. 32. But it's not it's not likely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and here's the thing too with Le'Veon. Do and he was fair. I got to give it to him. There was more. There was more context to what he said. I don't want to play bash game and say, "Hey, he's washed up." No, 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 no. He did say in about a month he's going to start training and he's going to see how the body feels. And if he feels like he's feeling good, then he's going to give a shot to try to get into somebody's camp. And he's somewhat specifically, unspecifically named Pittsburgh without absolutely saying it. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, does he think this fan base is silly and dumb and he can just drum you guys up and just get you going? Sign back Le'Veon. Or is he serious about the idea that, hey, does he want to officially retire if his training doesn't go right as a Steeler? That's where I'm at because his last time playing was 2021. And I don't know if you guys know, but football years when they pass you by – aren't nice when you try to pick it back up, at least in my personal experience. Me, I went to the gym today. You know what I was dumbbell pressing, DK? Okay. You want to guess the, the dumbbells that I probably Oh, had I up. have no earthly idea. I had 40s. You know what I was pressing when I was playing? Hmm. 140s. Okay. Okay. So if you're in it, stay in it. I think James Harrison is still lifting as heavy as he can go. Like, I'm talking about one arm, 140 here and 140 here just, oh, oh. And now I'm lifting for life and burning fat calories and stuff like that. Like, there is a difference. I don't think Le'Veon's made a cut, a football cut, other than boxing training. I got to say, in about two years, that wear and tear and hardening of your body plays a part into his plans to want to come back. I ain't saying it's impossible for Le'Veon. What I'm saying is this. If his heart desires that and his body will retrain itself and he gets into training camp injury-free or wherever he decides to go, um, somebody will at least kick the tires. And I saw people bringing up Adrian Peterson as a guy. Again, Frank Gore played till 2020. It's 2024 right now, so he's 40 years old. He played to 36. But here's the thing about Frank Gore. Frank Gore stayed in the game. You, I, I don't think you can come out of football and reinvent yourself. I, I, yeah, I, I'd never heard anybody talk about this specifically like this, but it kind of makes sense. There's something that's happening to you as an athlete. It's kind of like your arteries are hardening or something. Something is getting stiffer. Yeah. Some, uh, certain buttons are getting harder to push for you, and that's – yeah, you, you, you're coming back from a bigger distance than you had to whenever you were just doing it year after year after year. You you know what was the biggest, and I've told you guys this before, the moment I had the phone call and we were just on the, uh, me, Coach Tomlin, Mr. Rooney, Kev, and Omar also, um, when we had that conversation, DK, like, it was like a weight lifted off my mind because when you're in football mode, you constantly think about it when you go on vacation, when the offseason hit, uh, on summer break, while you're playing it, while you're sleeping. Like, that was one of my biggest things was I have to find a way to unplug because football. you can't just do football. And I've said this time, like, you can't just play around with football. You can't just say, oh, man, let's go play some tackle. It don't work like that. To be able to do it day after day, not, okay, your Thanksgiving bowls that you guys, the turkey bowl or – you know, the pickup at the old high school for a reunion or something. One night only? i give you that. But to practice and go to training camp and deal with the beat down, like it has to be with the, between your ears. Mentally, you got, you got to be locked in. You do. So if Le'Veon said in a month he's going to start training, I'm more interested in how his mentals is going to flip that switch. Because, DK, you know me on the field. Myself on the field is a different person than me doing this with you. Very much so, and thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. But I ain't going to deny Le'Veon, but to come back at 32 years old to start training in March, I think is what he said, it's going to take a lot. And at some point, um, like reality will set in, whether that's the aches and pains or whatever the case may be. And he has been boxing. He has been training himself sparingly over the time. That's yes. fair. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, crap all over it. But um, the idea that he can come back to Pittsburgh, that may be more far stretched than uh, 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 a stretch than him actually saying, you know, I just want to get ready to play. I'm available. 
We have now spent roughly nine minutes and six <laughs> seconds talking about Le'Veon Bell. How many of those nine minutes and six seconds were invested over on the south side thinking about Lev's comeback? Yeah, exactly. Zero. When we come back, just thought <laughs> I'd have. throw that in there. It's not being – look, he did what he did, okay? He had the career that he had. No. Uh, there's no knock on him. There's a lot of knocks on his agent, but there's no knock on him. He he did the job, you he know? He did do the job. He, he was did. part of an elite – National Football League offense that included the person over here to my side. When we come back, yeah. (laughs) I I didn't even see all that. Go ahead. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to do the only segment that matters. And that's Hey Moan, Good People. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Somebody said on here, this is like Rocky 15. (laughs) Good, good stuff here. Michael Walker gets us going today. Hey, Moan, Heinz Ward, Eric Biennemi, Brennan Marlin, or someone else at wide receivers coach. Uh, I don't know who Brennan Marion is at all. Uh, Eric Biennemi, I wasn't sure if that was his specialty as far as play calling. I am somewhat interested in why and how Eric Biennemi hasn't been hired as – a candidate, I, I think, is to his own undoing. I talked about this earlier with some friends of mine, too. I think he's probably a great teacher. I think he's probably a great coach as far as specifically having detail with somebody. But it seems to me in the interview process with the enemy, I think past stuff and even Patrick Mahomes' interactions and even in Washington, and it is one or two years he's been there, one year he was there, they had the conversation. He has a bad approach to coaching players. Now, again, uh, that's the conversation out of Washington, the commanders or whatever. Uh, Hans Ward getting the job. Everybody's a candidate. So whether it's Hans Ward, Eric Bieniemy, or the uh, Marion guy, uh, it just needs to be somebody who's a developer. That's all I really care about. I, I care about who develops this group because Pittsburgh is somewhat known as a as a city, as an organization that hits on these type of guys, whether that be Deontay. How in the heck – I have people – how in the heck did y'all find Deontay? Or A.B. or Emmanuel. Like, in recent – Louis Lip, like, look at Louis Lip. Like, like think Lips. Think about these guys that you have a history of hitting on. You know what I'm saying? So, whoever it is, be a developmental coach also who can teach them the game on how to read coverages and break off. Excuse me for, like, crapping on your names that you suggested, but goodness <laughs> – Vegas TJ says, hey, Moan, what was it like to block for a guy who would literally stop right behind you? I want you to take us through that. In the beginning? I want that, too, in addition to TJ here. In the beginning, frustrating. Because there's only everybody has a time clock to their job. The quarterback getting the ball out, the wide receiver and his routes, the linebacker when he knows he can blitz, and so do offensive linemen when they block. You got about one and a half, two seconds to hit your gap and go. So in the earlier stages of Le'Veon running, we were just like, what? What in the hell he got going on? Just hit the gap and go. And Munch had to really reel us back in and say, we're going to have to adjust. We're going to have to be patient in our blocking. Our double teams are going to have to be really lockstep. Hey, first level first. I don't care what the linebacker is doing. Unless the linebacker shot your gap and knocked you off your block, don't leave. Those were the conversations that we were having because his style was so good, even in practice, that we saw little inklings of what it could be that you just said, let's work with this. So double teams were longer, but they were also he would set us up to where I might miss a block in the game or two. But Le'Veon was so good in the hole that he could actually break it for 10, 15, 20 yards at a time. It was frustrating in the beginning, but there was dividends paid off that I think you all saw show up on game day. That was so unique about it. And I'll be honest with you, I think we adjusted more as a group than he had to adjust as a runner because it was so good. And watching him put that foot in the ground behind the line of scrimmage and get you seven yards upfield. 
Mike Jones says there have been statements about Lev's attitude dealing with players. What? They're talking about, no, 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 that's uh, B enemy. Oh, B enemy. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking he was talking about Lev. No. Like, no, oh, this was a teammate and a half. He was. He yeah. was. I'll give him that. And an AFC North player to the core. Oh, to totally the core. got it. Never needed to be indoctrinated or anything like that. Ryan Lytle has a really good question. Obviously, also spinning off of the Le'Veon thing. How much did your agent impact the contract decisions that you made? A lot. A lot. Really? A lot. A Even lot. you. Even, Even you, me. Mr. Dollar Sign. You know why? Because they talk to everybody. They'll let you know what the market says and suggest, hey, Mo, you can get an extra $2 million over here. But they suck. They're probably going to end up having a new coach next year. Why I know this? Because I talked to their general manager in their front office. Hey, Mo, they, 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 you are their guy. I'm telling you, you sign this deal, you're their guy. We don't know everything about it because our job is actually just play football at times. And the finances we learn about because if I can separate myself from the front office and, and I believe he's being super transparent with me about my deal, and he should be because what he gets paid is based upon what I get paid. So he has to be upfront and honest with me. So a lot is swayed upon that to where they know that team is bad. Like, you can go get paid there, but you're probably going to be hurting more. The checks probably aren't going to be as good because you're losing. Um, so there's a lot that somewhat goes into the agents swaying and, and feeding you knowledge about where to go. I see useless knowledge. What is wrong with you? Lori really brings it with this question. I, I've wondered this myself. I've never asked of you. But is Lev's running style why he wasn't successful elsewhere? In other words, if he had gone, I think to the to the where did he go to the Jets, Kansas he, City, Jets Kansas after City, that also wherever. Yeah. If he had gone to any of these teams and had you guys with him, it makes a difference. But if, I could see where he'd walk into a new atmosphere, a new yeah. practice environment, and say, and everybody'd be like. What the heck did we do with this? And he went to Baltimore and Tampa, too, who I thought had uh, good lines at the time, man. Uh, it was it a perfect matter. pairing. It doesn't matter it, how good you are, right? It was a perfect pairing. And Le'Veon has agreed to come on the show. It's a matter of tying him down and me setting the schedule, too. This might be something to visit this, this week. I'm going to hit him up and ask him about that. Um, and we might even get the answer on who he was talking about as you know the team. We can at least drum it up a little bit. But here's the thing, though, too. I do think it was a perfect match. There is no other way around. Uh, the way we learned how to block for him, and we were easily transitioned to D, uh, D. Will because with D. Will, D'Angelo Williams, like he was just a running back style. Like it was old school. Le'Veon's and, and our line relationship, again, I'm reiterate, was a perfect match. Um, and not everybody could do that with where we were and the teams that he went to, they didn't have the lines to match what we were doing. Dude, these guys are bringing it today. I'm going to start, I'm going to start interrupting you and cutting you off to get their questions in because they are coming. Alan Collins wants to know, do you still have a relationship with your agent? Absolutely. Joel Siegel. That's my dude. Um, to this day, uh, love Joel. I've never heard in all my years of covering all sports, I've never heard of a player who cuts off that relationship or vice versa when it's done. They stay with you. Yeah, they do. They do. It's and they should. Heck, I, they they know everything about you. Everything, good and bad. They yeah. have to know everything. Joel's my guy out of New York. Yep, love him. That's Bayad says. Hey, Moan. If it was all about the Benjamins. Where would you have been? Where would I have been? Um, Cincy. Um, who else offered up? Jets. This is news. I've never heard any of this. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right, yeah, let's have it were A couple teams right there that had other um, – they had Kansas City, I think, was a, a team for a year, too, also. So those were the squads right there. It's Richard crazy. wants to know if Bell could have sued his agent. Like, you were just the worst agent ever. You trust them? No, that's that's a uh, they grew together. Is the way you look at that. I'm sure hearing him say that in hindsight somewhat pierces the soul a little bit. But I don't think he can sue him, fire him, but sue him? No. Doctor Shadows always bringing the hardcore football stuff. Says, "Hey, Moan, are there any Tennessee Volunteers you'd like to see the Steelers draft?" Tennessee Volunteers this year. Uh, no, because the players they have in the draft are you pretty much set with. No, I don't think so this year. Okay. Yeah, not this year. Next year, the, possibly, though. 
Dawn says, hey, Mo, you guys are getting this all wrong pertaining to Mason Rudolph. That didn't take long. Well, yeah, it kind of did, like 20 minutes into the show, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Mason was never given a team, and now that he has the oppor- now he has that opportunity. It wasn't fair to him. Give him a team and watch. What do we have wrong here? Um, hold up. Mason never had a team. Was never given a team. Now he has the opportunity. He can take this team in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right, so what are we getting wrong here? Give Are you suggesting that we've not been in favor of Mason Rudolph starting for the Steelers? I have no idea what he mean by that one. If Mason signs back in Pittsburgh, to me personally, I think it's his team. I do. <laughs> or yeah, him going somewhere else like like Baker. I, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, here's what here's what, what you taking from this. DK? Here's what happens. Okay, let's take Atlanta. All right since they just lost their head coach and everything else, and they're obviously going to be going through significant change again with the Falcons, and they're going to start over, and they're going to be looking for a quarterback. Where's the first place that you look for a quarterback? You know, the draft. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. So what are you going to – that's what I'm saying here. It it comes down to if – and as I believe, Mason Rudolph's priority is to find a starting job or at least find an option where he can go there and compete for a starting job. Hello! It's Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> it's That's Pittsburgh. what you're saying. Yeah. And and the thing about Mason, too, is I see uh, Luke say this also. Luke, man, we got to get you a membership. Come on, man. Yeah, what are you what's doing, that Luke? All about here? He said Ro- there- Rochelle's giving them out. We have. Oh, it's all 50. you have to do Come is on, turn man. on, accept gifts. Uh, we also had, by the way, Rick came in with 10. Yep. 10 gifts, and we, we can get all these, you know, distributed. Go ahead, Moan. Uh, but what what I would say to Luke's point is, is this, though, too. Why do you feel like he's good as gone? It's because you know he played well. You know that he somewhat will have a market. I don't know where it will be, where it will be but somebody will want to sign him, even if it's in a, in a premium backup role. But here's the thing, though, too. The fact that we are having these conversations lets you know that he played well enough to be able to compete for that starting job in Pittsburgh, and that's all you're really asking for. Again, if they bring him back, it tells you everything you need to know about Kenny based on what he gets paid to be in Pittsburgh, too. We'll know in about a month, a month and a few days, where Mason Rudolph will be at. Yeah, you no know, Nam comes in and says Mason has to worry about actually getting a shot at QB1. Can he trust Pittsburgh to be fair? That's a good question for you, Moan. Can he trust Pittsburgh to be fair? So here's the thing about fairness. If you outplay a person, then you then you start. You know what happened in my second year? Cool story right here. My second year, I thought I should have made I, – I made the team, but I thought I should have been a starter. Coming out of camp, I did. I think they end up giving it to Trey Essex. Shout out to Trey, man, by the way. Um, Troy ended up getting hurt, if I'm not mistaken. And I go in and play well. And so well that I even heard buzz around the facility like, ooh, Moan. You know how I knew? Because Marquise was telling me too, like, Moan, you, 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 it was just different with you in there. People notice that. You can't hide or ask people to be fair if your play is that much better. And end up that year, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't start the next game. But the game after that, I was the continued starter for the rest of the year, and we went to the Super Bowl in year two for myself, Marquise's rookie year. When the play is good, it ain't about fairness. These coaches are are supposed to want to win. Supposed to, yes, okay? But they also get caught up in their own preconceptions, not liking being wrong and everything, and we've seen this head coach do that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. When When Mike Tomlin said, though, after the season, related to the quarterback competition, we don't believe in anointing people. I guarantee you that there's 20 people in that press conference room with the same thought balloon that pops up over their head with a picture of Kendrick Green in there. Ooh. Uh, sorry. Okay. That's, that's, that's what that is. But, but uh, how, many, how many other times has that happened? No, no, it's it's not a ton, but when it it happens, look, we can say this again and again, who does the coach like, who does the coach want, what is the coach doing, but we can always come back to that same point in the conversation that we had yesterday, which is 
Who did he actually use? Who did he send onto the football team for those final four games, including the playoffs in Buffalo, when his when his alleged starting quarterback was going to be a hundred percent healthy? Doctor Shadow wants to know your favorite all time block, single block, single block. Baltimore Ravens. I pulled around. Uh, Oh, it had to be a pull. Look uh, at you. I I pulled around DK. And uh, who was in the gap for me? Uh, it was – hold up. Give me one second, DK. It was in the hole, man. Um, geez, what's the linebacker from Baltimore? The old one. Um, not, I mean, not Ray Lewis. No, not Ray Lewis. He, he ended up going to the Jets. Uh, give me one second. I got you. I put C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley. CJ, I pulled around and it was a 24 gap. I pulled around in a gap. Dave and Pounce had claved down the way they needed to. Gill and the tight end had blocked on the front side. And I pulled around. It was me and CJ Mosley. And when I ducked, he saw me, but it was too late. I came through him with my forearm. I got a picture of it somewhere around my house. It was such a great block, man, that I'm telling you, much told me I need to carry around the picture to sign that for folks. Like, that's how great of a block it was. <laughs> yeah, CJ oh, Mosley. No. Joe says, hey, Moan, do you think Mason Rudolph was deliberately left out of Arthur Smith's press conference? He mentioned Kenny specifically. Am I reading into this too much? Can I take this one, Moan? Please do. There was no press conference. Okay, Arthur Smith has yet to do a press conference. There's not really going to be one. He might become available at the, at the Combine and so Come forth. On. What you're undoubtedly talking about, Joe, is Arthur Smith being interviewed on Steelers.com, seven-minute video in which he's interviewed by Missy Matthews, who's a team employee and excellent at her job. But it's not the same. And Missy would be the first one to tell you that. Being in a room with, with reporters who, who aren't working for the team, you can ask all kinds of harder questions or whatever else, okay? Now, that said, there were two questions that were asked regarding quarterbacks that Missy asked. There, there goes that ridiculous thing again. <laughs> See, but then you, you, you try it again you and it doesn't do it. do it, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the first question was something about just the quarterback position he answered it in a Kenny context, okay? Yeah. And then the second question that, that she asked on about the position, she asked specifically about Kenny. Now, Arthur Smith is not the owner of the franchise, so he can't say things like, we hope to have Mason back. Okay? Probably ain't even talked to him yet. Probably hasn't, okay? The only two quarterbacks – by the way, Mike Tomlin could say it too because he's also a decision-maker, and he did. He said, we want to continue doing business with Mason was was Tomlin's way. A brand-new coordinator in off the street isn't in a position to do something like that. He has two quarterbacks under contract for 2024. They are Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Okay, yeah. so he wasn't in a position to get into some kind of thing. And I'm sure a lot of his moan, you can tell me, you would imagine that a lot of his interview, his actual job interview, had to do with what can you do to help us, you know, turn this asset, which Kenny is, into something. Absolutely. Get it, get their return on investment. That's exactly what you're looking for. I'm sure that was a huge part in it, DK. And he got to answer that question. But more than anything, Arthur Smith has to show us what he's going to do with him. I can speculate on all things that, that uh, Arthur Smith has done here in Tennessee as the offensive coordinator. But then you'll look in Atlanta and say, well, Desmond Ritter didn't get, didn't get better. And again, here's the other thing, too. If you look at that draft, like Desmond Ritter and, and, and Kenny Pickett are the same draft class also. Now, I don't know how big of a separator it is with Desmond Ritter and uh, Kenny Pickett's talent, but I don't think it's that much different. Again, go with what you saw. DK, I'm taking your advice on this one. Go with what you saw. I, and not to crap on them, right, as far as this goes, but real quick, you can find Mel's question in a minute, but I love no name, okay, Namerson, however you say his name, okay? But he has a fair question. And, and this is where I'm at when we're talking about Kenny, Mitch, throw him in there too, and Mason. As far as this year, no name said, here's the question then. Did Mason not show out last year in camp and practice? Was it a fair system that got him QB3? 
When you go in as third on the list, Mason even said, your reps are low. If it's a 15-play slot or 10-play, the starter is going to end up getting five, three, and two. How much can you show in training camp if you're only getting two reps per period? It's not much you can do. Even in the seven on seven, it ain't real. Like you can, I've seen people look bad in seven on seven, but then light the world on fire in the game. That's just how it goes. So giving him the benefit of the doubt is this for me when it comes down to Mason, Mitch, and Kenny. Mitch Trubisky has had an entire team and tenure. Number two overall draft pick. Move him and remove him. We know exactly what he is now. Okay. The separator between Kenny. And Mason is this. Kenny has had the bulk of training camp for the majority of his two-year career so far. Mason has never been in a position where he gets a lion's share of practice reps. And training camp, when you know it's going to be his starting job, even in the year that he started. Remember, we started off the season with Ben having an elbow injury in 2019. He wasn't planning on being the starter. He was a backup. Did he grow more from 2019 to 2023, 2024? Yes, he did. And that probably took time. The same way that we got to somewhat view Jordan Love. I'm going to continually use Jordan Love. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Always use that, Mm -hmm. DK, because it may take time. He stayed behind Aaron Rodgers. And when he finally got his chance last year, cool. And then he started to get better as he knew it was going to be his starting job. If I can justify by saying if you give uh, Mason – the same amount of preparation and reps that you gave Kenny from July through September, the start of the season, I'd almost expect to be a whole lot better. I mean, especially in a new system, especially with the the additional value that'll come with those reps. These are now new plays. These are no longer, we're just going to redo the Matt Canada playbook. Right. This is now, these first... The first team reps alone are worth fighting for. Oh my! Better line, better receivers, better timing, better running backs, better play calling. It's so much different. It is. Which is part of why this is dumb. I'm just, you know, your quarterback just walked up to you and showed you who he was. Okay? He walked up to you and showed you who he was, and you're not taking yes for an answer. <laughs> that's what happened that's what's By the way, happening before, here before, before you go any further dk uh hey y'all hit that like and subscribe button okay hit that like that little thumbs up thing hit the bell where you know the show is starting also and send it to a friend to tell a friend that hey this is the greatest pod show podcast on uh youtube not even still this <laughs> one but in general can y'all do that for us thank you all right we're good michael has a neat point here i hadn't thought of this is i'm sure this isn't how it works but I, i'm curious from you as to how it actually does he says he says, now that Arthur Smith has been officially named coordinator, how soon do players get the playbook? Like, what is the playbook? What's he bringing? No. Is there a big falcon stamped on the front of it? Like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, I what is it? Uh, they they can probably have conversations with him now. I would say this, this is where Kenny can get a jump. He can. He can get a jump because Mason can't show his hands and say, hey, I want to be here, Okay. Kenny Pickett can get a jump by going in and talking to Arthur Smith and formulating their relationship to say, hey, coach, what does the playbook look like? What do you want to do? Um, as far as guys capable of getting their hands on it, it'll be late March, April at the start of like report time. I think report time is usually around April 5th, April 15th. But I'm saying, what is the playbook? Is it really that formulated? Is it uh, going to be just what they had in Atlanta? Somewhat, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that, that, to me, is fascinating here. Uh, Kanan comes in and says, Hey, Moan, why are Steelers fans so ignorant about Mason Rudolph? Uh, way too many preconceived notions. New information equals new opinions, right? Uh, can't say that Kenny has given us any new information to build on. Kanan, that, that's, that's the biggest one. What from his first two years? And I know the conversation, well, what did Mason give you in the first two years? But we're talking about your franchise quarterback, right? That was drafted 20th overall. I'm looking at the comments on my phone come in in real time. What has Kenny Pickett done that makes you feel like he's the guy for the future? Because if you want me to answer it, what makes him so ignorant is because Mason got a bad rep. It's because Mason's the third guy on the depth chart. It's because Mason came in at the end of the season and you don't want to believe what your eyes told you. That's why. 
we have it fixated in our minds sometimes that just because a person looks like this, they can't get better. It's just the same way that the fan base of the entire NFL continuously vote for the same guys for the Pro Bowl, even when they've only played five games. I love Minka. But how many games did Minka play to justify a Pro Bowl? Oh, dude, that was just a farce. I'm sorry. I, I, I love Minka. I'm, I'm glad he went there and everything yeah. else. But that, that'd be like – you want a comparison? It'd be like sending Cam this year. See no, I mean, Cam wasn't able to be his best self. Minka wasn't able to be his best self. Minka went to the Pro Bowl. I mean, and, and not as an alternate, not no. as a reserve. He was, he I was think picked. his presence suggests that he should, DK, right? Minka's probably the best safety in the game. I, I will get. say this as it relates to the Kenny versus Mason versus Kenny versus Mason thing. Uh, this is going to go on, and it's probably going to get worse, especially in a presidential election year where everyone's <laughs> going to just be one side or the other. It's the Kenny people versus the Mason people, and it, it, it just—it's it, just football, okay? It, you don't have to take sides on it that hard. Look, I wasn't a Mason guy until Mason told me that I should be a Mason guy by hmm. watching him play. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've been a Kate, I've been a Kenny guy at different points. Why? Because he would show me something. Uh, nobody glowed more about Kenny's performance in Cincinnati. Turned out to be his last yeah. start of the season than we did. The two of us both. It was that yep. was it. Matt Canada was gone. Look at this. Look at all this efficiency. Look, they sprung a deep ball. You don't have to overthink this. Yeah. You know, yep. it doesn't have to be about taking sides and then sticking with them against you know, against any and all evidence that hits you in the face. Mason was outstanding over those final four games. Yeah, he really was. And I see some people saying, well, we're doing the same thing with with, with uh, getting and talking about him. Like, here's the thing behind it. Like, it's almost incomplete with how you're viewing him also. That first year, I saw somebody say just a second ago, well, Kenny had um, – he had five game winning streak and three games come from behind. Oh, don't start with no, wins. no, no. But here, we let were, me let we me let me get there, there for wins. L- yeah. Let me get there though, too, DK. But he also had seven touchdowns and nine interceptions, sixty three percent completion rate. And then in year two, he was only available for twelve games. And in those twelve games, he can only generate two thousand yards with six touchdowns and four interceptions. And the lowest touchdown rate in National Football League history for someone with as many starts as he had. NFL history. That's that's different. But here's the thing, though, too, DK. Here, let, let's be honest and real about this, too. Our franchise that we're fans of, and all of us here are somewhat fans, and let's be real about this, okay? We are victims right now, okay? We are victims, DK, day in, okay, for this reason right here. We... It needed a quarterback in the worst possible year that quarterbacks were coming out. That's the biggest blip on all of this that we are victims of. And because of that, we got a guy that either can't stay on the field because of his own undoing, throws seven touchdowns and nine interceptions, plays 12 games and only generate 2,000 yards. And I, I hate the term game manager because you do need game managers. But to say that you're averaging 153 yards a game and you hadn't thrown for over 300 yards in two years, when I've seen Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, uh, Baker Mayfield rewash himself, come into this league, Jordan Love as a new starter, do these things in their first couple of years, DK. We are victims of needing a quarterback in the worst possible quarterback draft that we've had in a very long time. When we come back, we have an important close that I that I hope you'll stay tuned for. Sorry about that. No, it was good. Just saying. We're still on. I'm <laughs> just telling you. See, just I know when, real. But when you're gone, I just get out of the way. It's just as real as it get, though, too. If one of these rookie – oh, my God. Go, DK. God, I can go on. I, I can. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. 
I purposely just left it on. I know, but because if if we were drafting a quarterback in this year's draft, it's, it's different. It's a totally different conversation. Different discussion. We That's had right. to go get him, and the storylines were good because he went to Pitt. He had a super senior year, and God bring him home so he can win. Mm-hmm. And there no. were supposed to be a couple other teams that might have taken him, and they passed. And Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, mm-hmm. those we'll were be- the other two options. We'll be right back. Here's something that's really cool. Watch this. What? Man. This is from my. This is uh. This is from my uh, long time reader, listener, watcher, Daniel Matos. He says, "So, what's you guys take on the increasing amount of international NFL games?" Now, you want to know why Daniel's asking that? Ready? Why? Yeah. He thinks I'm not on to him. Bring the Steelers to Sao Paulo. <laughs> Daniel's from Sao Paulo. He was up in Pittsburgh about a month ago, stopped into the shop, said hello. It was really cool to finally meet him. Uh, and he was the first person I thought of with that news yesterday that the Eagles will be playing a game in Sao Paulo, and we still don't know who their opponent is, but it's going to be one of nine teams that are coming into Philadelphia wow. next season, one of which happens to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's any of nine teams that could end up getting named to this whenever the NFL schedule is released, and that's going to be a really big deal. Moan, we've talked about this. I don't wow. see how at some point the Steelers aren't going to get sent overseas. It's been it's been 11 years. Everybody this, else is doing it all the time. <clears throat> At this one is deserved. They deserve. They need to go to Brazil, DK. They need to go to Brazil. It would be absolutely insane, DK. Oh my gosh. I I okay, I I was there in 2016 for the Olympics. Uh they were in Rio, not in Sao Paulo. Uh Sao Paulo is actually bigger than Rio. I think Rio is probably more famous, but but Sao yeah. Paulo's Sao Paulo's a bigger city. And I mean, it's a massive city. Is it? And to have the Ooh. NFL down there it would be, regardless of who, whether it's Philadelphia versus whoever, uh, but especially uh, an iconic franchise like the Steelers, a, a known global brand like the Steelers. Again, I'm just surprised they haven't done it yet. Yeah, man. That would be insane. Of course, they've done, was it uh, Azteca Stadium in Mexico City? They've done that mm-hmm. one before also. And they're uh, going to do it again now that it's fixed up. So, And that game is supposedly, I think they said, a, a Brazil Friday and an NFL Saturday, I think. I forget it's how a, it goes. It's a Friday night game. Yeah, in in some form, it's gonna show. It's gonna show on Friday night here. Yeah. So the NFL will have oh boy Thursday games, Friday games, Saturday games, Sunday games, Monday games. You know they're they're getting there. You know when ninety eight yeah. of the Nielsen ratings top one hundred shows for the year are NFL games, you're gonna find a way to spread them out over the oh, schedule right. and, and not have them overlap. Rico comes in with a. An amazing gesture, $73 for Mr. <laughs> Number 73 over there. And he says, hey, Moan, DK and or Dolly. By the way, that $73 is for you, Moan, not Isaac, LOL. Isaac. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, Isaac. Oh, I see what he's saying. 73 for Isaac Selmalo because Isaac's wearing oh! I got it. Okay. I, I went over my head, but I got Me it, Rico. Too. I got it, Rico. Uh, he also says Lev could be a nice third stringer, just saying. No, he couldn't because he wouldn't be on special teams. Remember that. Never forget about special teams. Can't waste roster spaces. Uh, what Rico wants to know is, do you think that they could keep Mason at, say, two to three years at $10 million per? I yeah. think so, he says. I think so. If you're doing a three for 30 with, let's say, 14, 14 guaranteed, 10 to sign in the first year, I'd, I'd take that deal all day if I was Mason. Depending on what else, somebody, I would try to shoot for 12. Okay. Uh, from three one? He's going to go from one to 12? He was he was a $1 million player this year. You you also have a model in Green Bay where they gave Jordan Love $21 million as a supplement to get him through the year. So, yeah. All I know is when these guys want to keep somebody, they have no poker face about it. Yeah. Okay, so when Art Rooney says, you know, we're we're you know excited about you know maybe having Mason back, he knows something. <laughs> he, he knows how much Omar is going to offer. 
Yeah. Because Tomlin did the same thing. We're interested in continuing to do business with Mason. They know that they have some amount of money that Mason's going to say yes to. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. I really believe that. and Because mm-hmm. I've seen it from them countless times. By the way, you know who's the only player I can recall where they said publicly, we really want to keep this player and didn't? Who was Lev. that? Oh, Since he's subject of the day. <laughs> that was also so many different avenues yeah. and all that type of stuff. The deal was out there. Um, that's that's going to be fascinating to see how it breaks down. I, I, I would say this, too. Um, you can't give them up to 20 um, just on the basis of you still have that option of of Kenny behind him. That's going to be his biggest negotiating hater right there is, but we got Kenny. You either take this 10 to 12 or we got Kenny. Like, that's just how it works sometimes, too. And to which he can say, okay, <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go right ahead and use Kenny. Well, I, I have to ask you this, DK. What is the number? What What's, what's the number? Okay, in your opinion or you guys' opinion, that makes Kenny a backup. That's one oh, thing nobody. That's asked. a different discussion. Yeah, that's a. I see what you're saying. You're saying like with Mitch's pay. Um, as it, far it, as yeah, it's different because of rookie contracts, and you know that. All right. I mean, if, yeah. if you know, if it's understood that a player can only make so much, given the the NFL's rookie cap, uh, but. I, I don't know that that's tough. Uh, so I, Mitch averaged seven a year. Is that is that what it was for him as yeah. a backup? Yeah. Now, if you're you're projected to be a starter, so uh, B Field put seven mil. That's that's what somewhat that's, that's makes. My, that's my number for what it would take to keep Mason. Yeah. Okay. So anything more than seven, anything more than seven, Mason Rudolph is your to be starter, not to be named to be starter. Is somewhat how I look at it. Twelve to fourteen, and Kenny Pickett is a backup. I I, I like that Blaine Courts. 12 to 14, and he's a, he's a backup. You Ain't no other over, way around it. I mean, you can do it in a way that he, you know, you can also give him term. That's another thing. There's guaranteed money, per which I think is stuff. actually more likely. If you say to yourself, Mason, listen, we respect that you're only 28 years old and that you've now shown everybody why you'll have an NFL career, which he will. He will mm-hmm. have a full-blown NFL career as a quarterback, whether it's a starter or as a backup, no matter what happens, because he has those four games on tape. Okay? So th- why don't why don't you just do with him what you tried to do with Mitch? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's what they gave Mitch long term backup money. Yeah, they did. If that makes sense. Higher than most backups, but then you know, that's how that goes. But, but here's the thing. Hear me out real quick, and I know we up on it too, DK. Yeah, yeah. You get him a two for 24. Let's go two for 24. And Mason balls out. You also don't have to pick up Kenny's fifth-year option. You can also set yourself up to pick up the draft pick that you want in the following year or extend Mason out. Like, you got some real good options a- a- on the, just on the back of that rookie deal. You don't have to tie yourself down to anybody. You don't. Including Mason. Including no. Mason. If you sign him to a backup contract, you have got yourself an ace level professional backup in your fold in your most important room. Crazy, man. And uh I know I went on the tangent earlier too, man, but that's just as real as we can get though, DK. We needed a quarterback in the worst possible year. And we can say that because a lot of people say talent levels are based upon like this is a tackle draft. You know what I'm saying? This is a tackle wide receiver draft. And it's okay to say talent was bad in 2020 or 2021. Everybody loves to talk about incentive-laden contracts. Nicole's bringing it up. She's not the only one to do it. Uh, he's a free agent, Nicole. If he doesn't like what you're offering him, there's 31 other teams. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't have the 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 I was going to say tough guy, tough girl stance that you can take here as GM. You just can't. If you're the GM, Nicole. He can just turn around and say, <laughs> "Yeah, I got the I got the comment, man. That's gonna end the show, DKSO. Let's point. have it. You, I have something really cool to share, you guys. What the show? She no, is. So the mailman just walked in with this box, and I'm like, it's a present because I didn't order anything. And inside <laughs> the box, there is a present, two presents from Renee Kelly, foster child, foster kid. 
One is coming to you, Ramon, and one we have here. But wait until you see what it is. A freaking tiny violin. Oh! I've never seen that. Look at it. It is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. So this is a violin, but it also... Wait, wait. Dude, look at this. I might actually learn how to play. Oh, I thought you already had it down. It, you do it like this, it's, which is way funnier. <laughs> the, the notes basically, you know... You guys are going to read them. I don't, you know, they're all personal That's notes, awesome. but it has to do with the many times you guys have played the many, the, the little violin. Little violin. <laughs> the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. And Renee includes even money for postage to send it. Renee, to you're far too kind. That is really there, amazing. There she is. Anyway, World's smallest violin. That's oh the comment. <laughs> That's the comment. Screw it, DK. How That's it right you there. Find this? It is you. You would not believe the detail work on it. It it's unbelievable. So realistic. Anyway, I, I couldn't resist. I was so excited when I opened it. Doll, I didn't even know that existed, Renee. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, all the times we've man. seen people make that joke, nobody's ever pulled out the small violin. I know, right? <laughs> so imagine how cool you're gonna be. <laughs> do it, Dolly. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the browns keep, in january keep, uh, right there pressing. 40 pounds is not enough you got to keep working on those dumbbells so you can yeah, I keep working i gotta work my way back up dolly yeah so in other in other words so we have that thing ready so we say moan it sure is a shame that lamar jackson's never been to a super bowl <laughs> see how it works i see think it doesn't play it normal i think it just played it. oh no renee renee says it plays Let's go. How do you make it play? I mean, it, it makes it sound. <laughs> are your are your fingers on the cord? Are your fingers oh, yeah, on? Okay, the cord? Yeah. Okay. That's how you play it. Okay. See, it legit does make noise. It makes noise. Go ahead, Ro Go ahead, Renee. I love it. The R's are crushing it, man. Rochelle, Renee, Ramon. It's unbelievable. It is fantastic. That is awesome, right there. Thank you, Renee. That's some cool, cool stuff. Oh right boy! There. All right, guys, we will do another one of these ridiculous shows tomorrow on the the H day. That's right. That's right. Bye. Bye. See y'all. <laughs> That's.